0: To New Zealand Vegan Podcast. This is Elizabeth Collins, and I don't know what number episode this is. Um, but that's okay. I'll I'll number it correctly on the on the broadcast. I'm supposed to be writing my thesis. Well, I'm supposed to be asleep, really. But it's been a really rough few weeks, and um, I'm going to do a podcast. This podcast is not going to be everyone's cup of tea. But I think it's important to talk about because there are others out there who are going through similar things. And I know that some people will be able to relate to this. In fact, I definitely know. I'm friends with some of them on the internet. So this podcast is going to be about my cat. Her name is Jebby. Um I have blog uh, posted about her before lots on Facebook. And um this is going to be a controversial po- controversial podcast, but I just ask you just remember you don't live in my house and you don't know where I live or what the circumstances of our lives are mine and Jebby's So Yes, ideally I want a big house with lots of rooms where I can keep her inside and, you know, have her happy inside. That's not how it is here. I have one room. Rightly or wrongly, you know, she goes outside. It makes me very anxious. And, um... So the story begins on the 6th of April 2010, when she was found by the side of the road, uh, covered in birth fluid, about three hours old, they estimate. I think I've talked about it before, because I I talked about Buddha. I was going to post about it, but there's so many ridiculous people out there, I thought I'd just do a podcast I'm only able to talk about it now because things are looking up, but for the last, um, we don't really know what happened, but she may have ingested something, or something toxic, or um, she might, yeah, it might have been a toxic plant, um, she, we've been living, she has lived in this house literally since the day she was born, I brought her home when she was about eight hours old, so she was found in the gutter at about, oh, I don't know what time, maybe eight o'clock in the morning, I think, and the the person jogging, it was cold, because it was April, and the person took her straight to the nearest vet, where I happened to be cleaning cages, when I was working at, um, when when I, sorry, when I was studying to be an interpreter, I never became an interpreter, but I was studying to be one, and... And so then I went to work that night, which was very rare for me because I normally just worked on the weekends and because I was in school. But it was like, for some reason, they needed me to come in. I'm sure I've got the date, I hope I've got the date right this time. I kept forgetting because it was such a crazy time, but it was a Thursday anyway. So if April the 6th was a Thursday, it was that Thursday. If it wasn't that Thursday, it was whatever the closest Thursday after that was. Um. Anyway, so I brought her home that day. So by the time I brought her home, by the time I met her... She was probably about eight hours old, and I brought her home that night, and ever since then, she has lived in this, where I live, here, and, um, it could be worse, um, there is a street, oh, (laughs) that's obvious, but, and there is a street where cars can go down, but it's not a main road, you see, and, um, it's kind of a cross, it's like an intersecting road, it's just, it's just a, it's only two, so there's, so like, there's a cross street close to where I live which is just not very busy street comes off a very busy street and then there's my street intersecting off that and there's no other streets at all intersecting onto this street until you get to the other end which is a very busy street and I am very strict with her about going to the front because there's four flats and I live in a house that's a one-story house but it's been converted into four separate flats and I'm in the back, and there's a big backyard, a really big backyard here, which we're all supposed to share, but the people in the front, you know, they just never really come back there very much, and it's mostly just weeds and things, although I have done some gardening, but it's huge, well, it probably, I mean, it's big, and there's lots of weeds, and, um, and, but there's all these fence lines, and then we're back to back to these other houses, and, you know, I used to come home, if I, if she wasn't, so, I w- was working a f- three-minute walk from this house since the day she was born. I would come home on my morning break. So, I get 15 minutes... Well, it's supposed to be 10, but I used to take 15. 15 minutes in the morning, my lunch break, and 15 minutes in the afternoon. So, I always wanted to keep her close because when she was... She used to go so far, you know, along the fence lines and stuff, and there's dogs and there's other cats and and there's, you know, toxic things, which I you know, you don't really think about that as much, and, um, and, um, this is going to be a really long rambling podcast, but I need to do it, because I've been going crazy, so, um, what was I saying, yeah, so I, since the day she was born, because I kept her with me, you know, as anyone who's raised a newborn kid, and it's like a newborn, any, anyone, you have to feed them every two hours, and she was very, very malnourished, because, I had to feed her cow's milk formula, because that's all there is for newborn kittens, there was no surrogate mother around, I even, I think I contacted these cat rescue places, and um, they just couldn't help me, they said that we've got no surrogate mothers, and so I had to feed her this kitten formula that you can buy from the supermarket and pet stores, and it's, it's, um, because cows are the animals we mostly exploit for milk products, that's what it is, and is bad enough for humans but for a little kid and they try to water it down and they make it you know because it's just so you know it's just too much and she was I mean she was I can't tell you how small this cat was and still is so she was very and I didn't know what I was doing and I mean I did work at the vet and I was going there so let me think yeah they helped me a lot obviously because they gave it to me I went to work, I had no idea what it was, <laughs> I went to work to clean some cages that night, like I said, I never usually worked in the evenings, let alone on a Thursday, and they said, Elizabeth, there's something for you in the last cage on the left, and I just thought, there's something for me in the last cage on the left, I had no idea what it could be, maybe something to clean up, maybe vomit or something, I don't know, and I opened up the cage, and this tiny, tiny, I mean, I thought she looked like the size of my thumb, shrieking, shrieking kitten, was just she was this newborn kitten, and, um, and they, they showed me how to feed her with a syringe, she was so small that you had to feed her with like a syringe, like what you give medicine with, and, um, and they said to me, they said, she's gonna die, but just do your best, but she's gonna die, but you know, you're the, you know, none of us can take her, uh, so you have to take her, but don't get your hopes up, because she's, she's gonna die. And she fought him forward and she was very sick because I didn't know how to do it properly and I would keep aspirating her so I would feed her wrong and she'd have little tantrums desperately trying to get the milk. I was tilting her head too far back. I know that now when I look in the photos. And she would cough and splutter and gasp and I'd think I'm killing her, I'm killing her because of course I was online reading and they are like, you can't get it into her lungs, you can't get it into their lungs, they'll die. So it was just a really, really crazy time. But she's a fighter and um, and she she was very sick, she had bl- very bloated, I mean, the photos of her from that time are adorably cute, but there's some where she just looks so sickly, um, her big bloated stomach, you know, all of the, dis- all the terrible distension from the cow's milk, you know, and then I had to, and then she got um, constipation, which can kill her, so then I, you know, of course I was consulting with them all the time, and they were helping me, and they said, okay, you have to give her this, and so I gave her this, and then she got this diarrhea that can kill her. I mean, she's still, she's a few days old, or a couple of weeks, you know, they don't get weaned till about four weeks, so I was desperately trying to get her weaned, I could not wait to get this kitten weaned, because it was just so traumatically bad for her body, this, um, this situation, um, but she made it through, and, um, I did wean her in the beginning, um, this was when I was with Buddha and, um, i oh, sorry, with Buddha and Buddha... Um, I started feeding a vegan diet to Buddha in um, September of 2010. So Jebby was probably June, July, September, five months old. And I started feeding her a vegan diet as well. So initially, so the first month, she, or five weeks maybe, I can't remember how long it is that they take to get weaned, but I tried to wean her quickly. She was eating cat, um, non-vegan commercial cat food, because that's what I was feeding Buddha. And then um, I met, you know, I, I did, a lot of things happened, and I got, um, tried the vegan diet veggie cat, and it was wonderful, Buddha, got really healthy, and Jebby just would eat it, and she loved it, and she was always this, you know, she she was always such a fighter, even when she was sick, she was just this little feisty little, just wouldn't give up. And then I weaned her, and I put her on veggie kit, which is the kitten formula, and and she started to get, you know, better, and she even started to grow, because she just wouldn't grow, I mean, if, I used to be on Twitter in those days, and I was posting about her all the time, and, um, she just, um, she just would not grow, and she's still very small, but, so, fast forward, so, so she was eating veggie cat, which is a homemade cat food, which is my opinion, the best cat food that you can give your cat, hands down but they don't always eat it it's a bit it's so healthy it is so healthy compared to all the other ones you know even the other vegan cat foods and um and um it's just I don't know I really love it but I tried I got some army cat um as a treat but Jebby would go nuts for the army cat she loved the army cat and I mean, it was, you know, back in those days, because I would get very, very anxious um, when I would come from from work, and she wasn't right there where I could see her. I was constantly terrified. I I'm I'm a very I'm a very anxious person, and I tend to think the worst, and I tend to have disaster at the back of my mind. I'm always like. They're dead, they're wounded, you know, this is my family, that I just have these very negative, disastrous, anxious, anxious thoughts. I'm trying to get a handle on it. I'm a bit better than I used to be. I've had some therapy and I've had some behaviour cognitive behavioural and blah blah blah. But the thing that was guaranteed to have her leaping over those fences, because I mean this kit this cat her whole life is like a spider monkey. Just watch a spider monkey video and then imagine that in a cat. This is how she's been her whole life super um, thriving and healthy, and um, I used to, I used to have to go out on, out the door, and just shake that army cat bag, and she would, I mean, she was like teleporting herself, she was so, she loved it so much, and in the end, she just, she just kind of, that's all she wanted to eat, because it was supposed to be just a special treat, but in the end now, and that's what she's been eating since, since she was less than a year old, um was ever since I got uh, you know she she graduated from the veggie kit which I think they eat so she's been eating army cat since maybe she was a year old then I don't know and she's thrived on it um shiny I mean she's tiny cat she's always going to be tiny but unbelievable energy beautiful healthy cat never once had to take her to the vet or anything like that but you know she was young too so I've been a bit spoiled Um, but I know how sick cats get, domestic cats, and I don't think anyone's invincible, and I don't make that claim, but I do make the claim that a cat can thrive, in other words, maintain, be healthy, get nourishment off a well-balanced vegan diet, and she's living proof of that, and Buddha as well actually did get healthy, I mean, I've posted the before and afters of Buddha, I'll do it again, I've had big rants about it. Um... So I've been very spoiled with Xabi. Buddha, not so much. I mean, Buddha was a struggle. Buddha spent a lot of time at the vet. I mean, she had a really rough beginning as well, but it was a lot longer. She was six years of hell before I rescued her. She's had all her teeth pulled out. I mean, Buddha passed away. She was 18 when she passed away, but... But I just never even... Yeah, didn't even have to ever do anything um, with Jebi. And... um and then I got her a new vet, because she's turned seven, and I thought, well, I should get her teeth looked at, and then she, for the first time in her life, she got a little sniffle, like they can, cats can get a little cold, and, um, well, she was, she was sneezing, and I thought, oh, that's not a good sign, but again, she's out and about in all these gardens, you know, God knows what she's ingesting, but um, I took her in, and and the vet showed had zero symptoms of. He couldn't see any symptoms of, of a flu, cat flu, um, and um, I thought maybe she had that grass thing. I'm I'm terrible at googling, and sometimes cats can get grass stuck in their sort of nasopharynx, and and he said he he looked down her nose and he couldn't see anything. And he said look. I don't know if she's got the flu, but you need to just give her antibiotics because it could turn into, if she does, and we don't treat it, it could be upper respiratory, and I hate giving antibiotics for nothing, but whatever, I did it, and she stopped sniffling, she got better really, really quickly, and I thought, well, maybe I should get her vaccinated, I'm not a big believer in constant over-the-top vaccinations, Um, I've talked to a lot of people about it, I don't get my cats vaccinated every year, she got vaccinated when she was young, she got her booster shots when she was young, and that was it. So um, I thought, right, I need to find a vet I can trust because of this cat. She's going to get old, and and anything can happen anyway, and I need a vet I can trust. And I've worked out a vet, and let me tell you, I do not trust vets. I do not trust them, and I refuse to let them take my cat into the back room without me being there. I will not do it. I will not do that. Um, so I finally found this vet, um, and I was like, she. I want to get her teeth looked at, and I want to talk to a vet who's sensible about vaccinations and doesn't want to vaccinate the hell out of her, and I found this amazing vet, but she was very ignorant, and there was a big fight about the whole vegan diet thing, and it was just so silly, because I take Jebi in, so this is in, so she got her little flu thing sometime in April, when she was seven, so, oh, she just turned seven, because she's just, she turned eight this year, so last year, and then she was fine, she totally recovered, and everything was great, and then I was like, right, I want to get her teeth looked at, because with Buddha, Buddha was six when I rescued her, and she'd been fed, fed garbage, and she hadn't been spayed, and she was really quite abused, and neglected, actually, and actually physically abused, and definitely emotionally abused, and just so neglected, and her teeth were, I mean, she's had terrible problems, she had big, you know, Buddha had so many teeth out, and I was like, oh, it's so hard, because, you know, you want them to be healthy, but then you put them under the general anesthetic to get their teeth cleaned, but, because Jebi was seven, and I just didn't want her teeth to end up like Buddha, so I said, right, I need to find a vet, and I heard about this vet from a woman who had a cat who had kidney failure, and this vet kept her cat alive in a comfortable, you know, good life for until the cat was 21 years old with really great care and I was like okay that sounds like a good vet and she's like-minded like me she doesn't like this over vaccinating she's very sensible I said I really I said I'm not opposed to vaccinations and the fact that she got the little flu even though she recovered so quickly um and it really never got that bad because I have seen cat flu I worked at a vet for um almost two years Um, as a cleaner, and I have seen some things, um, and um, terrible things, and um, so this vet was uh, like, yeah, I'm really, she said, look, and I told her I don't trust vets, and she said, good, you shouldn't, that's why I work independently, because I can't deal with the veterinary situation, And we just, the more I talked to her, I was like, this is the kind of vet I want. And she said, yes, I do think you should vaccinate her again. Let's do it. But um, I'm not going to give her such and such vaccination that they give here because I know that it can have um, toxic, very bad side effects. And it's, I've seen the results and it's caused cancer and da da da. And so she said, listen, I have this vaccination regime that I trust. It's not a yearly regime. I'm not a, you know, not into that but let's do it, and she had a look at her teeth, and her comments were, her teeth look amazing, you know, still, still dirty, but they look great, you know, you're doing a good job, her fur is so shiny, this is the youngest looking cat, oh my god, she looks like a kitten, she's so healthy, her mucous membranes are so gorgeous, her muscle tone, her little heartbeat, she's so wonderful, so wonderful, um, and I was like, this is going great, but then comes the kicker, and she said, what do you feed her? And I thought, well, I I don't want to start out by lying. So I told her I fed her a vegan diet and um, army cat. And she just, it was like a switch went off. She said, oh my God, all of a sudden, this really incredibly healthy specimen might have been taurine deficient and I had to go see an eye specialist and you can't feed cats a vegan diet. They'll die. And I was like, she's seven years old and you just said she was one of the healthiest cats you've ever seen. And what what gives? So she um, she refused to treat her unless I went to an eye specialist, which cost $200, I mean, I hate to talk about money, that's all we ever talk about with animals, is the money, we don't do that with our children, so I want to stop that, it's a habit that you get groomed into, but it was an unnecessary stress for Jebby. but she said to me, I mean, there were so many things about this vet, and I was like, if I can just get through this, maybe I can educate her, Let let me go through the crap, and let me go through the garbage, and deal with this, um, situation so that i can hopefully reach this vet who's so open-minded in so many ways and then the next person behind me is going to come through because more and more people are going to feed their cats vegan diets and have to deal with this rubbish and we're still at the beginning of that um i mean not there's lots of people who've been doing it for decades and there's been food around but we're still it's there's more people going vegan that's the bottom line so i persevered i took jabby to this eye specialist i got him to look in her eyes and he said, she's perfect, she's definitely not taurine deficient, which I already knew, and which the vet should have known, you know, using her common sense, if I'd been feeding her this diet for six years, and she was so healthy, I mean, don't you think if she'd been touring deprived for six years, that she would have shown signs of it? Anyway, so the one thing the vet did say, sorry, the eye specialist said, is she has these cataracts, But I, and I started to freak out, I was like, what are you talking about? He said, calm down, calm down, calm down, let me finish she has these little permanent cataracts at the back of her eye they don't, they're not affecting her vision they're not what you think of when you think of cataracts they're not going to cover her she's not going to go blind from them but what I'm trying to tell you is that she was very what the, what this is, I see this with, with cats who are very malnourished in those first crucial days of their life you know, he um, said it's just a sign of her development in those few days and weeks that's the most crucial part Um, she would have got no mother's milk that Jebby never got those precious antibodies the colostrum I think it's called from her mother I doubt she got one suckle because she was covered in birth fluid so in my mind however Jebby ended up in the gutter as a newborn kitten either her mother was a feral cat who gave birth and then moved the kitten's I don't know how she ended up in the... She was literally in the gutter, like by the side of the street. So maybe a human threw her out. You know, maybe a cat had kittens and a human threw her out. But for her to be covered in birth fluid, umbilical cords still attached, in the street there, either the mother was trying to move her and dropped her, or we don't know, Jevy can't tell us, but... There's just no chance she got any mother's milk. So that means that her immune system's probably quite compromised. But I've never had to worry about it before because she's never ever been in a fight or gotten a bite or gotten anything serious happen to her. But the vet did say, the vice specialist said that. He said, no, he said, look, all the fears that this other vet has are unwarranted. She's perfectly fine, but I just want you to know that I see this sign. And so when the other vet saw that, she said, okay, um, good to know. And we moved on. And I sent her information, I sent her the article that was written by Andrew Knight and all of them, which was a very honest article. I mean, it's not about being irresponsible and just feeding your cat, whatever. And it's not about, you know, if the cat isn't thriving on a diet, you need to take responsibility and change that diet, whatever the diet is. Um, It just so happens that she just was doing so great. So I had to fight for her, for us, so I could keep trusting this vet. She got blood tests done and everything was perfect except for these two proteins, which the vet said might be because of her um, development as well. We don't know, but she wanted to do another blood test. But she, the vet freaked out and she's like, oh, this is really bad. And then I looked online and it was really bad. Like, if she had had these protein levels, she should have been a very sick cat. And I also read online that a lot of times this blood test, um, because what happened is Jebby got her teeth cleaned, so the vet was like, yeah, you know, her teeth look good, you've done good, but we should clean them. Um, We definitely need to clean these teeth. It's been seven years without being cleaned. So we did that, and at the same time she took bloods. And um, the blood results came back very quickly, and they were all perfect except for these proteins, which are very, very important. And, of course, I was posting about this on Facebook. I'm going to talk about that later because I'm going to rant and rave. But in the meantime, I'll just say I was posting about it, and then I when I was looking up these proteins, I was like, "Well, this isn't good because um uh I can't remember the name of them. I'll have to go back and look at it again. Sorry. I should probably look it up." Um, but uh it just and again, it didn't seem to co- it didn't seem to coincide with everything because this is a really crucial thing and she would be very very sickly. So, um, one thing I did read, um, in a couple of places was that oftentimes if the blood tests are rushed, this is often, if it doesn't, like, these results are unreliable, so those particular little tests can be very unreliable, so you should redo the bloods if you see this anomaly, because all the rest of her bloods were great in these one results, which is this thing, which they say can often be unreliable. Um, so I was like, well, maybe it's that, and the vet said, let's test her again in three months. And I said, that's fine. And um, and the vet also said, I don't, she said, it could be, if this is the, the vet never entertained, I never broached the thought with her, don't you think that, because it doesn't at all correlate with anything else, that maybe the blood test was, like it says sometimes, a little bit unreliable on those, on those proteins. And we never talked about it because um, the vet just said, I'll test her again in a few months. Um, and she also did say to me, um, this could be her baseline because she's had such an unusual, I mean, it's very rare, I believe, I don't know, there's lots of people who rescue kittens who are experts, but from what I understand, it's very rare for a literal newborn who literally has had no mother's milk, who was covered in birth fluid, um, it's it's rare for them to survive um, from that stage, it's, it's just such a crucial, they're just, you know, And she did say to me that maybe, you know, this is an unusual cat um, in terms of her, you know, her basis. I mean, even, you know, most kittens at least had some time with their mother, at least 24 hours, you know, to get some of that milk. So she just said, I'll test her again and we'll have a look. And if that's her baseline, then that's her baseline. Maybe she just has unusual blood. But we never did test her again because I took her back and the vet just said she's just so healthy and, and the vet doesn't want to take blood from her without putting her under general anesthetic again, because she has this thing about that, so there's good and bad, and she said, let's, let's just not worry about it, I'll see you again in a year, and, um, and on we go with our lives, until three weeks ago, um, where she started to get this um, chelitis on her lips, which is this irritation of the lips, humans can get it too, and it's like a chronic infection, and there are these new cats moved in behind us in a new house, and they're Manx cats, they would have been bought, they would have been bred, they've been sold, they're bred, and they don't have tails, and they're huge, and things started to get rough for her because she's she's always been this crazy weird cat that other cats don't know how to deal with because of, she's just had this really crazy life with me and she's just doesn't, I don't know, so I hear her shrieking because there's cats all around and they're running into each other and she shrieks like a banshee and I'm thinking she's getting killed and then she comes back without a scratch and the vet said to me she's just freaking them out, they don't know what to do with her she just is like this shrieking little boy and she doesn't behave normally She's what she's saying to me, is what I imagine. So she's never gotten into trouble, except for this one time she had a scratch, a big scratch deeply down the top of her nose, which healed. big, nasty scratch. But other than that, she has never had a scratch on her. And then around September, she got a scratch under her nose next to the fur again. And she had a scratch in her ear, and I heard it, in this, and she'd been beaten up by this now he's growing, he's the ginger, there's two of them, there's a ginger and a tortoise shell and they're very sweet cats, but they're turning into these, they're huge, and Jebby was used to there being nobody living there, and that being her garden as well, or if there were people living there, they didn't have cats, so now she's in her garden, thinking it's her garden, and they move in, and they're trying to, and she's in there trying to say, get out of my territory, and they're like, hey, we live here, so there's been some problems, and, um, and I've been squ- and they've been coming over here, and this is, anyone who knows about this, you know what I'm talking about, and I know all of you are sitting there saying, keep her inside, take her out on a leash, you don't, you don't live here, so I, if if you do that, if you have a cat who lives inside, and you have a nice house, you have a place big enough, with more than one door to the outside, I have one door to the outside, um, and it's too late now, so this is what I have, so you can, go ahead, I'm not even going to respond, I know it would be better for her to be inside, okay, I know that, I cannot wait to move to a house with at least two rooms, maybe two doors, so, you know, I can sort of, I don't know, have options of not just one door that she knows about to the outside world, but anyway, um, so she got this scratch beside her nose, under the, and the scratch on her ear healed, but the scratch on her nose wouldn't heal, and it it just kept secreting, and then it got a little bit infected, and um. And then I took her to the vet, the same vet, and she said, "Well, this is an unusual uh, response. This could be her immune system." Um, that I warned you about, but um, she said, "Look, it's a minor injury, but um." Because I said she's just it just was this little black spot, but it just wouldn't go away. And I would clean off the black, you know, it was that black secretory stuff. And um, the vet said, well, she's seen it before, because cats can have all kinds of microbes, and she called them, like, some kind of like colony thing that can live in the dirt, especially if there's exotic. She said, Oh, you know, if people are doing gardening and using all kinds of weird fertilizers and it can get under the skin and it can colonize and you've got this little colony of stuff and it can become systemic and she said, I have seen it before, cats can have all kinds of weird things under their nails and you just got unlucky But she said, But you know, her immune system doesn't seem to be fighting it off very well. Um, it's not a major thing, but let's give her antibiotics, because that's the second time she had antibiotics, and I don't like that, and I thought, okay, that's okay, and I'd be trying very hard to protect her from these cats, but um, when I, I used to live just up the road, I would come home three times a day, and I would come home Five minutes after, I I was just always here, and I would always bring her back and keep her close. So I, the first thing I'd do, when I came, the only reason I came home was for my cats. That was it. So I would come home, I was so lucky to live three minutes walk, and I would call them. Buddha was so old by then, she's just, you know, but, and then I'd bring Jebby back, and she'd bring her back to the house, and then I'd go back to work, and then it would be a couple of hours, and she'd roam and roam and roam, and then I'd come back for lunch, and I'd bring her back, and I was keeping her close. And then I made this decision to go to university. And all of a sudden, this kitten, for who for six years of her life, from the day she was born, I was there all day, every day during the day. I was always around. I was never gone for more than two or three hours at a time. I was suddenly gone five days a week from seven o'clock in the morning till sometimes six o'clock at night. And she didn't know what the hell happened. She didn't know what hit her. And I couldn't explain to her, I'm doing this for us. I'm doing this so we can move to a better place. I'm doing this... For because I desperately have to do something or I'm going to be in big trouble when I'm older because it just it's very expensive to live in the city and I do not have anything and I needed to do something to change my life or I was just always going to be broke. I'm not poor. I should never have said I've poor and poor ever. Um but I've always been broke. <laughs> and um so I w- I made the decision to go to uni, and I think the stress, because it was that April that she got her little cold, and she just, and she would, and then, so I would go to uni, I'd come back, she'd be waiting for me, Um, and then on the weekends, when I was home, she was calling me, and she's, now that's her new thing, so I've been in uni for 18 months, and she's still getting used to it, because after six years of me, so she called me, so like, I would, when I first started going to uni I would come home and she'd be thinking what the hell you know what where have you been this is not how it is and then I would come home sometimes and she would be miles away but and on the weekends she's calling me so I'm inside doing my homework because you have no idea how tough the first year of uni was I did homework every waking minute trying to just trying just so hard to keep my head above water and she would just call me and I didn't even ever hardly hear her meow before this was a kitten who never meowed you know how some cats always meow and other cats never meow she never meowed but then I would just hear and she just meow and meow and I have to go outside and reassure her I'm here I'm here and I'm sure all during the day she's calling me and I'm not coming so that's heartbreaking isn't it so of course she would have gotten used to it to some degree but she still calls me Um, quite a bit, sometimes, just when she's outside, and then I'm inside, and I remind her, I'm right here, but this happened, this only started happening after I went to uni, so now I'm gone a lot, but at the moment, so, I'm rambling, but anyway, so that's the backstory, and um, so, now this time, I came home, and it was the night, so this is My first exam was the 2nd of November. I had two exams on the 2nd of November, a written and an oral. And they're worth like 50% or something. I can't remember. Whatever. I don't know how much percent they're worth. Maybe less this year. And then um, five days later I had my other two exams, a written and oral. So I had two written and two oral. One adult and one pediatric. So the night before the first two exams... I've only been home for like half an hour and I hear a noise and I go outside and there is Jebby running for her life from this enormous cat, I mean, this boy who I have seen, I met him when he was a kitten because they moved here a few months ago and that's when the problem started and they started getting bigger and bigger and Jebby would go over there because in the beginning they were kittens even though they were the same size as her and she would be like, I'm the boss here and he's now saying you are not the boss and I'm going to get you and he got her a little while ago with his claw but this time he was chasing her and he chased her and she was running you know running for her life um I mean and that's the way running at that speed and cats can really hurt each other (laughs) as we know and um so I saw this happen so there's a basement area under this house, it's just dirt, it's just filth and dirt, but it's under the house bit, and there's a little entrance by this drain, and that's where Shabby goes in and out to her little, you know, to the under spot, so he chased her up the pathway, I saw him full tilt, and she was just a touch ahead of him, so she didn't even have time to shriek or anything, he ambushed her, and he went after her, and she ran, she ran under the house, and I saw this, so then I'm like, the mother bear, right, I would never hurt a cat, but I will scare the crap out of them, to get them, to make them feel very unwelcome, and I charged, and then, of course, he's trapped now, because he wants to chase her, well, she's now gone under this place where he's feeling a bit vulnerable, because she's now, you know, he's in a vulnerable place trying to crawl through and expose his face, so the best What I probably should have done is backed off and he might have run home. But of course I ran at him. So what did he do? He runs under where she is. But I know by now he's worried about me. She knows I'm there. She knows it's me. So she's doing whatever she needs to do to get away. And I'm like on him. But I can't move under there. So I scare him away. I get an umbrella and I open and close the umbrella, the big umbrella. And he's scared of that. And then I chase him and then I get the water pistol and it doesn't work. And I'm splashing and then finally I get him away. And I'm thinking, I hope he didn't hurt her. I hope he didn't hurt her. I hope he didn't hurt her. And um, when I get upstairs, Jebby's inside. And she has a scratch on her nose, a big bloody scratch. But that was all. One scratch on her nose, and that was it. And I thought, thank God. I didn't see any sign of any bites. She's never had a bite, touch wood. Buddha had a bite or two, but she never did. And. So, I said, okay, this is bad, but I was here, and I have scared them, and she only has a scratch, and I was thinking, I, at least it's not in the same place as the other one, because this is the cat with the really, because they're doing all this gardening, these people, they even had people there with chainsaws and stuff, they've really done this huge exotic garden, but this is the new people who moved in, who, who own these two cats, who got them, and um, so I thought, okay, she just got a scratch on her nose, she's fine. But then, two days, so then I had to go, you know, to study, because I'm, I'm trying to study for my exam, worried about her, I'd clean her nose off, you know, bathe it with um, apple cider vinegar, diluted, very diluted, it's a good um, sort of thing to treat wounds with, and, and it was fine, it was a little scratch, it was right on the top of her nose, so it wasn't in that awful weird place, sort of in the fur right in, in the ridge next to her nose where the other problem was, and I'm like, okay. And then a couple of days later, she starts to get this inflammation on her lips, and um, and then it just won't go away. And then I'm I I did say to the vet, it's that same, it's that same black stuff again, like what she got the last time he scratched her, and, um, and the vet says no, and and I took her in, and and she said no. She said, look, stress is a real really do not underestimate the stress and I was like of course I don't imagine how I would feel if I had to watch my back for like uh, someone who wanted to physically assault me I mean I do that but not I it's not as imminent as it is or possible as it is for her I mean as a woman you do walk around with that just making sure that you're safe or you try to but it's not the same and I don't there's not a lot of assaults in my neighborhood, I'm lucky where I live, so it's not the same, but, um, she, this inflammation, and then we're trying to figure it out, because I said, well, did he scratch her on the lip this time, and the vet said, look, this has nothing to do with that, it's a coincidence, this is some kind of, we don't know what, and it's like she got something on her, and she licked it off, and the vet, and I said, well, could it be all this new garden stuff? And she said, look, we don't know what it is. She could have, so we don't know, we didn't know what was going on with her. She just had this inflammation, this chelitis on her lips, and it just wouldn't go away. And, um, and she lost, she was losing weight, which is a very bad sign. And, um, so... That was 2nd of November was when she got attacked, and then a couple of days later she started to get this black stuff, and I've seen the black stuff, they get sort of black stuff before, but this just turned into this big thing, and um, I got scared, and um, the vet said, well, I don't want to give her antibiotics, because she doesn't like to give antibiotics, she said this, she said this, I think you need to see the skin specialist so there's a skin specialist, but she's impossible to get an appointment with, but anyway, the last three weeks, or however long it's been, has been terrifying, because my cat has been sick, and it's not her diet, she has, she ingested something, or something happened to her mouth, and it's been very scary, because it wouldn't heal, and then she started to make, oh, here's another thing, so fleas, there's another joy of having an outdoor cat, so she, I thought it was fleas, so this all happened at the same time, because I was, I I had taken her in for a treatment, because I felt like she had lost some weight, and I just, said to the vet, and she started to act like she was getting fleas and I'd give her this, I hate flea medicine, but I, she was due for a flea medicine, but I was like, well, I've got a vet appointment, let me just ask her. And the vet said, look, give her flea medicine, you have to, because um, Jebby does this thing where she'll attack her own tail. You can never see fleas on her, but the vet reckons she's got quite a strong flea allergy. And she said, it's usually the healthiest cats who react the strongest, The, the ones who don't get bitten and they get one bite and then they go crazy. Um, so I thought, okay, this is a flea thing that she's gotten around her mouth, and so we gave her, you know, I gave her her flea meds, and then the vet and I said, do you think it's a flea allergy? And she said maybe. And so we tried this other stuff, um, this Confortis, which is this really strong flea stuff, and it made her vomit. The vet said 50% of cats vomit on this and can't have it, but you must try it. So we tried it, and she vomited. And then um, the vet said, well, I'll give her some prednisone, which is a steroid. And I'm thinking, oh, a steroid. And then her lips just got so much worse. And she was smacking her mouth in a really uncomfortable way. And it was uncomfortable for her to eat. And little did we know, but she was forming an abscess in her mouth. Which, my mother's cat died at the age of 10 from a sudden abscess that turned cancerous in her mouth. She went from a healthy cat to dead in a very short amount of time. And it's this thing that people paint their decks with. It's the, the usual suspect of the thing that they thought it must be. There's this thing called wet and wash or something that people paint their decks with in New Zealand to protect their wooden deck, you know, their outdoor patio from the sun because the sun here is, you can't imagine how strong the sun here is and cats ingest this, they lick it and it just cellular damage is immense and um, people don't think about those things and she even told me about one cat she was treating and she had given the cat an anesthetic and she was going into the mouth and the cat, half of the cat's or part of the cat's tongue fell off into her hand, can you imagine? that's from this toxic stuff so we don't know if that's what happened to my mum's cat but it was very very sad she was only 10 and so I didn't know so I had taken Jevy back to the vet and the thing we're doing is colloidal silver colloidal silver is a homeopathic treatment which the vet wanted me to try and I was supposed to be going to uni because my exams are now over so this was all going on all through exams and then I'm supposed to dive into my thesis and do my thesis which means five days a week I need to write this thing because it's due in three months and I feel like I'm, it's a complete fiasco, I don't want to talk about my thesis, it's turned into a fiasco, but I have to do it, I have to do it, so my trip, my thing that I do is I go to university every day because that way I work and I do my job, whereas if I'm at home I get distracted, but I suddenly realized I can stay home. I don't need to go to university, I can work from home because she needs me, and I need to be piling this colloidal silver on because it's kind of helping, but it's very, because the vet said it'll work with her immune system, but in a slow way, she I don't want to take a sledgehammer to her immune system, she told me, and she calls antibiotics like a sledgehammer, and I agree, and she didn't want to do that. The steroids, she said, was fine, it was such a small dose, but I feel like the steroids were bad for her, and I'll resist ever giving her steroids again. But um, she started making this weird smacking movement, like sticking her tongue and smacking. And I said to the vet, you know that? And I said, I think it's the prednisone making her mouth dry. And she said, yeah, maybe. None of us thought to open her mouth and look inside her mouth. Don't ask me why. But we didn't think of doing that. So then there's this nightmarish time where I'm waking up and I'm frantic, and she's not well, my baby, and I'm piling on the colloidal silver, and it's helping, but it's just so slow, and, the, and I've made an appointment with the skin specialist, but I actually have a part-time job, which I just started, I work every Tuesday, all day, and it's a brand new job, and it's actually the job that I'm going to have when I graduate, I've actually got a job already lined up, I know I'm so lucky, and it's the same place, it's just that I'm only doing one day a week, just because they offered it to me. And it's a bit of extra money. And boy have I needed it. Because my savings was pretty much gone. And then all these vet bills. So thank goodness how lucky I am. That I can pay for these vet bills. Um, with this paychecks. And that I can choose to stay home and nurse Jebby. And I've been doing my thesis. I've been working on it. I get up in the morning and I do it. But I will not stop. I will not stop until she's better. And I have been so scared. And um, so then, so then last week, so I made another vet appointment, because I had to, the only appointment the skin people had was a Tuesday, and the vet, and I have to work Tuesdays, and the vet said, and it was so close, I couldn't get the time off, so the, um, and I was a bit hesitant about going to another vet, who was also ignorant, and who would have the same, like, default position, that it was diet, despite the fact that she was, you know, I just didn't want to go there, and also, I was a bit scared about the money, but I could always borrow the money, so that's fine, but her appointments are like $300, I'm not kidding you, but, um, so I made the appointment, but then I said, I really need to go back to the vet, in the meantime, I just need her to have a look, and the night before we went to the vet, which was last Sunday night, which is a week ago now, I suddenly remembered my mum's cat, and now, the lip, the colloidal silver, which is a Uh, you put it on topically and then they also told me to put it in her water the people who sold it and I checked with the vet and they said that's fine and um and it it was helping there was improvement it was just so slow and she stopped doing the lips this sort of smacking thing and she was eating a tiny bit better so I was like she's getting better but I suddenly thought of my mum's cat and I opened up Javi's mouth, and there it was, an abscess on the roof of her mouth, which I think was really bad. None of us looked at it and was getting better by the time I found it, but my heart sank to my toes. And so the next day I had this appointment that I already made with my vet, because the skin doctor, I didn't have an appointment until they're so busy, they're so super specialists, and they're only open a few days a week, and you can't get an appointment with them, so if it's an emergency, forget it, you know. So I'd already had this appointment. I took her in and I said to her, I found an abscess. And mm, this is when everything changed. My vet was like, oh no, 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 That changes everything. And I said, I can't believe we didn't look in her mouth before this. And she was like, I know. And I said, but I really think the abscess was really bad and it's getting better from the colloidal silver because the h- whole situation of the lip smacking is like when you, has anyone ever burned the roof of their mouth really badly? And then you do that thing where you, your tongue goes up to sort of try to nurse it, and then you pull your tongue away. So, I think she had a bad abscess, which we didn't see, and then it started, it was starting to resolve very slowly with the colloidal silver. But then we found the abscess, and the vet said, This is a very, very she tried not to scare me, but I was already scared. And she said, Okay, this is not good. And I was saying, What is it? Is it the, was it the fleas? Did it? And she said, Look, we don't know. We don't know what she's up to when she's out there. And she told me every time she comes home, she said, let's just get through the spring. Let's just get through the spring. She's like, have you lived in this same place? And I said, yes, but they're building this new garden, which is the, this is the the fence behind. This is the garden behind. And I'm actually going to go and knock on their door as a friendly neighbor who's met them before when our cats have met. And I've sort of talked to them and said, you know, I'm just going to say, look, my cat's been sick. How are your cats? Because can you imagine if they had tiger lilies? Does everyone know that tiger lilies can kill cats? And, um, so, and I know everyone's listening like, just keep her inside. I know that. I know you're thinking that. Okay, I know. Just, you'd have to come here and be in our shoes. You'd just have to come here. If you want to understand that, I'm not going to say anything other than that. I would love to keep her inside. But, um, and maybe when I move... If I get enough money, I will be able to. Without her stressing out and going into a massive decline from depression and stress. Because I've had indoor cats. I know cats are very healthy and happy inside. I'm not saying they're not, but you'd have to come and see where I live. She'd go crazy. But um anyway, so we found this abscess, and I said, right, now, what we? and she said, right, I'm sorry, but this, she said, look, the colloidal silver's great, keep it up, it's fantastic, but I, now I'm going to give her antibiotics, because I'm not going to mess around, and I was thinking that we should have been giving her those last week before the abscess started, but never mind, um, so we started her in antibiotics, and, um, the colloidal silver I'm keeping on going, and her lips the vet said, so this was Monday, so I found the abscess on Sunday, I reckon it started a few days before that, and was very bad, and then it got better, and then, um, but they take a long time to heal, abscesses are no joke, and, you know, the vet did say that she's seen abscesses come from fleas, and I'm just thinking, but this is, this doesn't, this is just so out of the blue, she's lived in the exact same place with the exact same flea population in the garden, you know, for the seven years and for this to happen, she's eight now, and, um, I've just been so scared, and every day I get up, and then I, she, Jebby is so pissed off, because I'm constantly having, she doesn't like having anything done to her at all, at all, so having to, like, open the sides of her mouth and rub colloidal silver all over her lips, and she's over it, and now she's on antibiotics, which don't make her feel great. But she's getting better, and the lips are. The vet said, on Monday, she said we're going to start antibiotics now. And if she, her lips aren't, if and she said, I'm I've only seen there's one abscess on the one side, but I feel like I see a shadow of a one on the other side. So she said, just keep doing what you're doing. But if she's if her lips are not eighty five to 90% better by Friday, and that abscess is not superficial, or staying superficial, you know, we're going to do something else, and she said, I will go to the ends of the earth, I go to the four corners of the earth for my patients, we will, don't you worry, I'll do every, anything if it's homeopathic, or whatever, she said, come on, and she said, you know, we've got to help her immune system out, but she, and I said, well, could it be Cushing's disease, um, which is one because Jebby's fur changed after she went on the antibiotic, I feel like all of this started to happen after she had antibiotics, but I know that's probably not right, but um, her fur's gotten longer, like all of a sudden she's got this longer fur, and she always had this shorter fur, and I looked that up, and they were like, Cushing's disease, and I was thinking, oh my god, but it happened right after the anesthetic, her fur just changed, I don't know, so now she's different looking, but um, when she had her teeth cleaned, she just changed after that, um, but the vet said no, it's, she just blew that off and said look it's not, and then when I said to her with all this stuff happening, is it Cushing's, and she said well with Cushing's disease they usually have a very big bloated stomach, she said it could be but I doubt it um, and she just doesn't think it is, and she said look it could be an autoimmune disease that we that's manifesting now an inherited one, or we don't know, and it, we're going to find out because we're going to see what happens when we help her out, and the good news is, her lips are 85 to 95, 85 to 90% better, as of today, which is Saturday, and it was like that yesterday, and the abscess is going away, she's, she's back, almost back to her normal self, she's eating better again, and this could, I mean, you know, I hate to speak too soon, but I feel like things are going to be all right, I'm keeping up with the colloidal silver, because that chronic colitis, just unbelievable, and the vet said, keep doing it for a month, even after she's healed, and and so now I know, if I ever see this happen again, I'll just start with colloidal silver right away, any tiny little indication, but the vet said, just, we just got to get through spring, And, and one thing she told me to do was wipe her off every time she goes out, and before she, when she comes back into the house, just give her a wipe down with a damp towel, thank goodness it's warm, it, I mean, as warm as it ever gets in New Zealand, but it's warm enough where I can do that without worrying about her being cold, you know, um, so I, she's like, you're like a mother cat licking her off, because we don't know what she's ingested, and the thing that scares me is, if she ingested something, was it done to her liver and her kidneys, you know, what I'm very scared, so it's been hell, it has been hell, I have been going through hell, because I love this little cat more than, I can't even describe to you how much, and then I haven't posted about it, because I've been posting about her as a vegan cat, she's not a vegan cat, I don't think cats can be vegan, I feed her a vegan diet, I choose what to feed her, and all the haters come out, and I've been bragging about, you know, how healthy she is, and even though this thing that's happened has nothing to do with her diet, in fact, after Buddha, and after the things I know, I think that I'm feeding her the healthiest diet that I could possibly get could and the fact that it's hypoallergenic is really good considering everything she's been going through um but i will get no rational supportive sympathy i will get vile hatred and ignorant ignorant malicious mean-spiritedness but i don't want to be i'm very transparent and honest so i plan to post about it But at the time, it was so emotional for me. I was so scared for her life that I couldn't handle, you know, going on the internet and dealing with that hatred and that vicious, vicious ignorance that these people have. They are the nastiest people. They are nasty. I mean, these are the nastiest people. You want to find out what nasty people are? Here's a few suggestions. One, be a feminist writer on the internet you will get death threats, and I mean, just look up Gamergate, and all the things those women go through, or any feminist writer, or two, post on the internet that you have a cat who you love, and who you care for, who you are feeding a nutritionally complete vegan food, and I've never, like, you know, domestic cats get sick, and there's all kinds of crap out there, it's a dangerous thing, the best thing to do is to keep your cat inside, I know that, to do it if you can okay but um I made this choice and now I have to live with it um in the meantime and you know all the time that she's been you I mean you'd think that she was you know if you had seen her you would have just thought she just looked a little bit skinnier than normal and but other than that she's fine but I know my cat she was not feeling well she was still running and going outside and things but she just wasn't the same cat and now she's starting to go back to how she was now, if I never told anyone that she'd been eating a vegan diet since she was, you know, a few months old or a year old or however old she was when I started feeding her a vegan diet, seven months old or whatever it was, I can't count, Um, I would get sympathy and love from everyone, non-vegans, you know, everyone, oh, your baby, you must care about her so much you know, if I, even if I was feeding her Fancy Feast, which is like, or any of that commercial cat food, I mean, that stuff is poison, I don't know how, I, it is toxic, horrible food, <laughs> it's all bad, all of it, commercial vegan food, it's not, I mean, it's, they do their best, but to me, the best food, if you can, if you can get your cat to eat it, veggie cat, the homemade stuff, there's four different, five different recipes you can try, Um, do it if you can, it's just, hopefully your cat will eat it. Some of them find it too bland, you know, they're used to all of this processed crap. Even Jebi, who was raised, you know, on it, um, she just loved the army cat, the crunchy, crunchy treats. But anyway, it's, I've been going out of my mind, and I had no one to turn to, because... I mean that's not true. I have people in my life who care, and and the vet's been great, and my mother's been great. But I sometimes when something like your worst fear is happening, or you think your worst fear might be happening, you're too scared to talk about it because then you have to face it. Um, the reason I am able to talk about it now is because I feel like things are getting better. Um, you know things are a lot better than they were a week ago, and they are a lot better than they were two weeks ago, and um, I know if I posted about it, there would be lots of people who would come and support me and defend me against these unbelievably vicious trolls, who I just block anyway, it's very hard to find a genuine, genuine sentiment amongst them, they are the nastiest, nastiest behaved people I've ever seen, apart from the people who go after um, females online, women writers, I mean, though there, that's as nasty as it gets, believe me, Um, and, um, but I will post about it when she's better, and I'll talk about how we don't, you know, and then I'll also get all the attacks from people who say, why do you let her go outside, and, you know, that's a tough one, because I know they're right, Um, but the others, they can just go straight, (sighs) yeah, I'm not interested, but anyway, I wanted to talk about this now that I can, now that I'm feeling a little more sane I've got a thesis to write but I'm so lucky at that 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 right now apart from Tuesdays I can stay home all day and keep an eye on her and wipe her off with a damp cloth the vet said let's just get through spring when all the pollen and all the crap or whatever it is has died down because that's what she's thinking maybe it was that we don't know but it all it was all coincidental, right around the time she started having the flea reaction, and then I tried the different flea medication, she got attacked by the cat, and I was gone, and by the way, for two solid weeks, up until then, I was gone seven days a week, studying, because I was studying at university, because um, I was desperately trying to be productive, and I'm I don't have a good, I don't have an ergonomic workspace at home, it's very unhealthy um, sitting, I don't even have a proper seat, or a proper desk, or anything, so it's, you know, it's just not a healthy, physically, place to sit, and I was studying, like, 8 hours a day, so I was gone for 14 days straight, because I studied all through the weekend, so the two weeks leading up to exams, the two weeks of of the two separate exams, I was gone, you know, Monday to Monday and I was gone, 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 and I feel like that is also a problem, because she was in a dangerous situation, and she felt abandoned, and the vet said, you can't underestimate how much stress can affect anyone, and I was like, well, of course it can, because that's what it does to us, stress is a killer, so all of this stuff happened, but it was all coincidental, and she got attacked by, oh, because I got home two days before the attack that I saw, because this is a cat who, despite being a crazy little thug, thinking she's going to go around and be everybody's boss, never got a scratch on her, except for one scratch on her nose, which I thought the the cat who lives in the same building as us, they hate each other, but they've managed to sort of stay out of each other's way, I thought she might have done it, this was even before the new cats came along, and it might have just been one of those, they have very little space to maneuver, because their cat doors face each other, and oh, if you only knew, but, so I'd come home, so two days before so about maybe, maybe, you know, five days before the attack that I saw, I get, I get home, and Jabby has a big, big bloody scratch on her back paw, on the top of her back paw, and you can see this big streak of dried blood in a weird place, and it looks like So she was running. So imagine you're running and somebody reaches out and scratches the top of your foot. So you're running and your foot is lifted up behind you. And somebody takes a knife and slashes the top of your foot. It was like that. So it was a claw. It wasn't a bite. And I thought, oh gosh, is that my neighbor's cat, Arnica? Because simultaneously my neighbor was hospitalized and I had to look after Arnica. And Arnica literally lives in, in the same, like our doorways because we live in the same building and you now we share the walls. And I've had to look after Arnika quite a bit because her mom sometimes has to go to hospital. And that was another stress for Xabi because Arnika will start to try to adopt me and come into our house and freak out because her mother's not home and she's feeling abandoned. I mean, these are the joys of domestication, everyone. You can't tell them what's going on. You can't say, Arnika, your mom's only going to be gone for a few weeks. She hasn't, you know... And so all of this was happening, all this stress, and I was gone. And so I thought Arnica had scratched Jebby's foot trying to chase her in the cat door and getting her while she was vulnerable, like her back end was sort of half out the cat door. So that was my thought. I was like, oh, things are ramping up now because Arnica's starting to lose it because her mom's been gone for a couple of weeks and that's when she starts to really lose it. I mean, I'll just wake up and she'll be on my doorstep and just crying and coming in the cat door, you know, because she's freaking out, because her mom's gone, and she doesn't know, because we can't tell her that she's coming back, so all of this stuff happened, but, so there was a big scratch on her foot, but I think it was this gray, just ginger, this ginger, Manx cat, who did it, and looking at this situation, and I think Jebby was still going into their garden, and he's chasing her away, so my worst fear is that he's coming over here, and trying to retain this territory, but I'm certainly letting him know that that's not cool, but I have a suspicion that Jebby was doing what she did before, and going over there and saying, hey, this is my garden, and he's, he'd had enough, and chased her away, that's what I hope, and so I hope she never goes anywhere near there again, but, so, yeah, she had this big, deep scratch on her foot, and that healed, and that was fine, but it's, it's been a rough time, but this has been, you know, so this is, this is my worst fear, you know, it's my worst fear, is that something's going to happen to her, or that she's going to get sick, and I'm going to lose her, because she's, she's only eight, and eight years isn't long enough, so, um, that's my story, of what's been happening, um, the vet has been fantastic, um, she hopefully will be more, you know, I think that she's learned, how, you know, that cats can eat a vegan diet, that's one thing that happened, and she's not attributing any, she hasn't even mentioned Jebby's vegan diet, because it's nothing to do with her diet, what's happening to her, but if I went online, oh, it would just be a field, it would just be a freak show, and I can't deal with that right now, I'll wait till Jeffy's all better, and then I'll post about this, but I'm going to post this, because they can, tr- they, nobody ever trolls my podcast, nobody ever listens to it, except for, I mean, the pe- the type of people who are the people I'm talking about, who are the nastiest trolls, apart from the ones who give feminist death threats, um, they don't listen to my podcast and so I know some people listening to this podcast will find this controversial in a few ways and that's fine you can have a discussion amongst yourselves or whatever and I know there might be other people listening who have also been subject to the vile behavior of people because they happen to feed their cats a nutritionally complete vegan diet um, and I know i because I've seen them go through it and I've tried to defend them but I get very very short-tempered with these ignorant people, um, so, yeah, so, um, anyway, um, those of you who've known, you know, sort of, who have listened to this podcast, if there's anyone, I haven't been podcasting, obviously, because I'm trying to get this degree, so I can, so I can have a more secure life, that's it, you know, you need more, you need uh, money, you need a decent job, especially if you're a single, middle-aged woman with no assets and, you know, and living in one of the most expensive cities on the planet. Just look up Auckland. It was number four in the world. Sydney was worse. Hong Kong was number one, I think. And then it was, what was it? It was Hong Kong, oh, Sydney... New Zealand was fourth, I can't remember what else, of expensive cities in the world to live in. Um, I'm not trying to make anyone feel sorry for me, I'm a very privileged person, but the reason I'm making these huge sacrifices, and I'm actually going into a massive amount of debt to do this, to get this degree, is for the future. I do want to adopt more animals. I want to save more lives. Adopting animals saves lives today, now. (laughs) you can do that. Um, if you can do it, you can save you can save a life in an incredible way. I never planned to adopt Jebi or Buddha. I never my life was very unstable when Buddha was when I came across Buddha was very unstable. My life has pretty much been unstable through a lot of choices I've made for a long, long time. But I've been pretty stable since I came back to New Zealand and I brought Buddha with me from New York and Jebi came into my life. I did not plan to adopt another cat. Um, Buddha is very anti, very, very, very did not get on with other cats, and I just have one room. So when you adopt cats, you need to do it responsibly and have to have usually two rooms and you keep them separated and then you slowly introduce them. So I do plan to adopt more animals. I don't know what, whatever sort of animals, any animals I can adopt, but um, in order to do that, I'll need, I'll need money you know, to live, um, and to pay their food and back care, and so I have insurance for Jebby, I got insurance for her, um, because I want to, I, I don't want to be in that horrific position that people find themselves in, where they, they literally cannot afford, because this has been very expensive, but if something happened and she needed like a $6,000, I'm covered for $6,000, So, there are some people who, they just, their vets say, this is going to cost $5,000, or $4,000, or $3,000, and they do not have the money, or the means of getting the money, they don't, they have got no credit, I don't, I never want to go through that, but I know that those people adopted animals, and you just, it's so, it's so wrong, because I could go out and adopt three more animals, and it could be chaotic and maybe there'd be some injuries and maybe I couldn't afford the vet care, but I'd be taking them off death row, wouldn't I? So I really, you know, people who rescue, who do rescue animals, that I admire greatly and respect hugely. That I admire, that action. Now these, there are a lot of people who do it who are not vegan, I do not respect that. There are a lot of people who do it who are welfareists, and I do not respect that. And there are a lot of people who do it, you know, they they, they, they do a lot of, re- I mean, the welfare movement does a lot of rescue. The rescue itself, you can't, nobody's criticizing saving lives, but what we're criticizing is stuff around that. Maybe they're doing it as a PR stunt, maybe they are, um, um, promoting welfare, you know, that's what we're criticizing, but anyone who rescues animals, it's, it's a very tough, heartbreaking, expensive, stressful job, and I've never done it, and I just respect people who do so much, in that, I respect that action, but doesn't mean I respect everything else they do, um, but anyway, I'm rambling now, but, um, anyway, anyone who's out there, just know that those of us who have cats who are vegan who research and try diets for our cats that don't involve you know feeding them slaughtered animals and it and it works and they're and they're healthy on it as healthy as a domestic cat can be because no one's invincible and cats get sick I worked at a vet, and I've seen all of the sicknesses that domestic cats get, diabetes, and cancer, and um, thyroid issues, and obesity, and hype, all of that stuff, plus, you know, all the rest of the stuff that they get, um, and none of those cats are eating a vegan diet, and some of those cats are eating raw diets, so the diets, they're all shit okay, they're all garbage, this is the worst situation in the world, domestication must end, but in the meantime, you do the best you can, and if you can afford the really expensive vegan diets that there are, because they are expensive, you know, and your cat is nutritionally complete on that diet, don't, you know, just look for your support in the community, we're out there, we will support you, those of you who have tried, and it hasn't worked, either your cat's gone on a hunger strike, or the diet that you could afford didn't work for your cat, and you had to switch, I know what that's like, with with Buddha, I had to put a teaspoonful of non-vegan food back into her food, or she, when she went, because she, she went on a hunger strike, so I fed, fed her, um, and that was when she wasn't as healthy, she was very healthy on the vegan diet and then at the end when she was dying of kidney disease I fed her whatever I could to keep her eating and it was yeah so it is a complicated situation and cats you know And dogs and all domesticated animals suffer from neuroses, they suffer from health problems, their rights are violated simply by the virtue of the fact that they are domesticated animals, you stress them out, you take them to the vet, they hate it, you leave them, you have to go on, don't know, maybe your job, or you have to go to work, or you have to whatever, you have to go to hospital, they don't know that you're coming back, I mean, it's the worst situation but, um, I have no patience for people who are ignorant about those of us who responsibly feed our cats a vegan diet, um, there's, yeah, they're the worst, there's, those people, they're just a certain type of troll, they're so nasty, so I'm going to be dealing with them when I do a Facebook post about Jevy's, um, recent, um, problems, um, Because they'll just say, you're killing your cat, it's the diet. And they won't listen, and it's pointless. And they're just trolls. They're nasty, vicious, ignorant trolls. That's all they are. And there's no point worrying about them. Just block them. But if you see a speckle of truth, because there are some people who are genuinely concerned, they're just uninformed and ignorant like I was. The very first comment I ever made when I started getting involved in the online dialogue about animal rights and anything to do with it It was on the earthlings forum I had decided I was going to go vegan I hadn't seen the film yet the the film earthlings but I was on the the um, message board it was called right no the forum and um, I had been reading all these comments right because I hadn't seen the film. I'd only seen the preview. I was I, I was too scared to see the film, but I went on the forums and I was on there for ages. And I decided I was going to go vegan from that, from the advocacy on the forums. And I learned about Gary Francione on those forums. Oh, goodness, but the first time, you know, there are so like I've been a lurker, so they are out there. They call them lurkers, like people who are reading your comments. So I always remember them. But um, the the first comment that I actually put, you know, keyboard to paper, if you will, and and made a statement was to someone who was talking about feeding the cat a vegan diet and I said I literally was like please don't do this cats are obligate carnivores you know I'm I I wasn't I wasn't nasty though I mean there's a difference between someone who genuinely is concerned and who really believes that and thinks that it's um, it's, it's bad to someone who, to just these nasty horrible trolls I mean they're the type of people who will troll feminists whose fathers have died and then do fake account in their father's names and pretend to be their dead father and then troll them and make nasty nasty threatening comments about them this is the type of behavior i'm talking about but i said to this person i said please you know i know that you care about the animals and i'm agonizing over my cat cuz i obviously was living in new york with Buddha at the time and i was like you know but cats are obligate carnivores you know that was literally the first comment i made and then, what did people do? Because they could tell that I wasn't one of these these nasty troll people. I was genuinely ignorant, and they talked to me about it, and they educated me and um it took a long time before I was convinced it was years later that i um had the courage to or had the information I needed and the in the resources as well and the money to um f- to Try um, feeding Buddha a vegan diet, and I'm so glad I did it when I did, because I think it extended her life. Um, I, in the, her case, I think it did, and I'll show you the photos. and I was there; I witnessed the transformation in her energy and everything. And I'm sorry, this is this was a magical transformation, but it doesn't always, you know, work out that way. And I'm not saying she became invincible, you know, she was invincible—and she got kidney disease when she was 17. But um, what I'm trying to say is. You know, there are people out there, so those people, you have to spot them amongst all of the filth and the turds and the poison of these these horribly behaved people. I mean, you cannot believe how nasty these people are. But um, you find them in there and then you focus on them, but all the other ones just delete, block, block, block. I'm talking to people now who feed their cats a vegan diet and who, you know, think that they have to be sub- subjected to this onslaught. Um, no you don't, Um, block the trolls, try to find the genuine ones, Um, but be honest as well, you know, I mean, nobody's saying that cats are invincible, cats are domesticated, they're very neurotic, they get sick, it's not a good situation, Um, but cats can also live very long and be very healthy, I mean, it's just, it's just, this is, you do the best you can, and you try to, try to, care for them as as best you can but I'm with Gary Francione 100% domestication must end and if it up to me that if there was only two cats left in the world and it was my decision for them to continue to to breed so we could have domestic cats no way and he says it about dogs because he rescues dogs and you know I'd say it about domesticated rabbits mice birds any any domesticated animal not not the wild animals who we bring into our homes and domesticate they're out there in the wild I'm talking about the animals we have bred as domesticated animals it, it's not just animals we use for food and clothing there are these animals who we have as pets and it is just as wrong and um, and it must end but in the meantime Um, they're here, and we have, we have to do the best we can, and it's a mess, and it's a terrible situation, but you do the best you can, and you look for the support, and ignore the trolls, and, um, still educate, 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 um, and yeah, so, um, that's what's happening and um, I've got to write a thesis, I'm lucky I can stay home, and I'm staying home, I'm pretty sure the worst is over, but I don't know, so I'm pouring my heart out to the airwaves, as usual, this is very big deal, this is very private, and this is very, very big for me, so, this is a tough one, but I do feel better talking about it. And I know there are going to be people who might be listening. Um, who maybe? I mean, lots of people. I mean, I don't know. Independent of your circumstances, we all have, you know, have tragedy if you've rescued animals and you've lived longer than a decade unless you have the or like two decades and you unless you have like all your animals very long long living you have experienced sickness and death and old age and decline and you know but Jeppy's young and I don't know what happened I don't know what it was I'm I'm worried that she ingested something and I just have to keep a very close eye on her, but I will do my best, I will do my best, it's not going to be good enough for a lot of people out there listening, but I promise you it's my best, so everyone take care and be safe, and I will get back to writing my thesis, and I'll finish the darn thing and graduate, for goodness sake, and then I'll just start working full time and that's scary, because I've, I just, I really wish I had a roommate, I mean, I wish I had, I lived with someone who worked from home, I would, I wouldn't even charge them, like, rent, if I, I mean, nobody can live here, I have only one room, (laughs) and they'd be on the, sleeping on, like, the floor, or, like, on this weird, sort of, couch thing that I now have, but, what I would like to have is a shared living situation where the person I lived with was an abolitionist vegan, and um, or a couple. They could be of a, a couple, and at least one of them worked from home, and was home all the time every day. I've always hated, always hated going away and leaving my um, animals at home for a long time during the day. I've always had the worst thoughts running through my head. I used to have panic attacks. But now I'm, I've, like I said, because it's no, you're useless to somebody if you're on the motorway and having a panic attack, because what are you going to do? You know, it's not helping and it's not good for you. Stress is a killer. So I'm getting better, but I've always wished ever since. And that's why I loved, like it was such a huge sacrifice to go to back to university because one of the, sometimes I do wonder if I made the right decision because I could still be at this job, even though it's like the most stressful, low pay you know, it was a low paid job in the grand scheme of things. It's more than a lot of people make, but it's certainly more than I made in my other jobs. Um, if I, but it was still in the price of living in Auckland, forget it. And when I look at the future, I was like, oh no, this is going to be really bad. I'm going to be in trouble when I'm, you know, 50 or 60 or God, I hate to even think further. I'm going to be in big trouble. So, but I was three minutes walk. Three minutes walk away. My cats, I would come home, I could check on them three times a day. And then I was home five minutes after I finished work, I was home again, checking on them again. And then I would go to yoga, and then I'd be back home again. So I missed that. And then when I start working full time, I will be gone. I have to drive, and I will be gone all day. Again. So we've got to get Jebby through this, whatever it is. And um I'm staying home and doing my thesis as best I can from home. It's not going <laughs> it's not easy to work for me to work from home. I'm not I'm quite I'm quite naughty. If I go to university at my desk I'm just there and what else are you gonna do? But when you're home, Oh, it's tough to get into it, but I'm gonna to have to pull it off because I got no choice. And then once it's over I will my street stall again on the weekends, even though I hate being away from Jebby, well we'll see how things go, everything depends on Jebby I guess, alright everybody, I'm gonna go now, thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back.